um, and just how you train. The thing, probably the most useful thing about him is how you structure your training for the year, so you're doing the right things at the right time. And, and another thing he taught me, and it's probably the most important, is take a break every year. Well, to give you an example, I took a proper break there last summer. I took three weeks. July, once I got to the end of June, I took, it was 10 days where I'd done absolutely no running. And then I spent two weeks just doing a couple of short 20 minute runs, you know, just to kind of keep your body ticking over. But in a you will lose a bit of fitness, but you do, you see within a month you'll build it up again. But the thing was, the year before I was meant to do that, and I, and I didn't do it, I was meant to do it, and I only took like a few days off, because I wanted to try and uh, retain the leg inside. It was coming up in September, so I knew I couldn't afford to miss too much training. And a one leg and say, but it was a short term gain I got because I, I see after that I ran like a donkey. I did banger ten, get a horrible run, and I ended up I got niggles and injuries that I don't normally get. That, my friend, is Mark McKinstry, and this is the Inspirational Runners Podcast. Hey everyone, what's happening? Hope your race season is off to a flying start. My name's Robbie Marsh and I'm your host, so welcome to the podcast. Today I have a runner that is on top of his form winning the recent Jimmy's 10K in Diane Patrick, along with numerous cross-country titles such as the British and Irish Masters and the Northern Ireland and Ulster Seniors title, where Mark came runner-up the previous four years only to smash it home this year. He's an amazing talent who really only started running in 2012, lost over four stone to become one of Ireland's best local runners and at the age of 35 he's got a lot of potential left to shine. Before we start this episode comes from the Dublin Mountain Marathon which is being held on the 11th of May. It's another great race from Don Hannon's crew, Raw Ultra. I've been back on the mountains the last few weeks, so looking like I'm going to be able to hit the full distance. But there's a half marathon option there also, so hope to see you there. Just check out Don's website, Raw Ultra, and you'll have all the detail there, maps, etc. We have an amazing competition to give away to celebrate the podcast's first birthday. One lucky listener and their friend will join me for a guided tour of the Mons, followed by a free meal at the award-winning Leafy Greens Cafe. That afternoon you'll be taken across the ferry to Carnickford for a free pint of Guinness before returning back across the lock for a free night's accommodation. It doesn't end there. The following morning you'll go for a one mile walk up a local mountain to watch the sunrise over the ocean before having breakfast made by yours truly. All you have to do is go on to the Inspirational Runners podcast group page on, found on Facebook, tag two people and share the competition to be in with a chance of winning this amazing package for you and one friend. Really, I'm sorry for the delay. Just really wanted to get that out there. It's with great pleasure I give you Mark McKinstry. It's hard to put it all in, isn't it? It is. Oh, it's, it's tight. See, running, even just running at local level, it's uh, if you want to run at a reasonable level, it's time consuming. See mm. the amount of time you put into it. So you really want to be getting something out of it. Because if you yeah. weren't, you know, I don't know if I'd still do it. So, so like, did you have any history of running at all, like? You no. know, when you're back in school or That's anything funny like thing. that. Everybody sort of, you know, thinks, you know, they, they kind of think that I must have done a bit of running at school. And I didn't. I wasn't even sporty at school. So I wasn't, you know, I went to Ballyclare Secondary School, which isn't far away from here. And uh, the only thing we did do, like once a month, you did what was, uh, it was called the mile run. It was like a timed run in the six mile park. That's just <clears> beside the school. And that's where they hold, you know, the cross country at the minute, you know, the McCollum Shield. And <clears throat> I did it. You know, it was always the first Tuesday every month, and it was the only thing in P that I kind of like didn't dread doing because I wasn't 
I don't really like team sport. You know, yeah. I went to a school where I don't really know anybody because all my friends at primary school they went to schools in Bellamina, so I ended up going to Billy Clare and. I didn't really know him then. I wasn't very, you know, I wasn't a good mixer. And yeah. I wasn't very social at that time, and I'm still not very social. <laughs> I'm better than I was then, but uh, that's why I don't think I pushed myself at sport at all. And but the mile run, I enjoyed it, and it shows you kind of what a small world it is. Because one of my teachers um, at that school was a guy. Some of your listeners might know him. He was a he used to run for Annadale Striders. A guy called Paul Younger. Um, he was a really good runner in his day, and um, I think he's run for Northern Ireland. Like, I think maybe years ago he might have run at the World Cross, you know, but he was a really right, good runner. Okay. But he was a teacher at that school, and at the time, it shows you, like, I didn't follow running at all then. I didn't even know he was a runner. Yeah. So, you know, I still see him at some of the races, and we sort of <laughs> joke about that, but he, he would still come to watch some of the races. But um, but no, at school, I didn't, basically, I didn't run. Well, in that, in that mile much. race, how did you get on with that? Was there any indication at all? It wasn't or? so much a race, it was just a timed run. They timed yeah. you all, did it as a class, and I was running, like, I wasn't bad, and I wasn't brilliant I was kind of mm. an in-betweener and and you know at least I ran the full route because there's some of the boys were taking shortcuts they're running across the grass so you know I could have <coughs> got a more impressive time if I'd done that so. it was funny like I remember my cross con my first cross country in yeah. school and um, we used to always go we didn't go to the start line because mm -hmm. that way you it was harder to cheat in the cross country yeah. as you went to the start line <laughs> so we went round the back and we would always can get sausage rolls out of the shop Right. So oh, we went yeah, well, and waited for about 10 runners to go by and then we would jump out oh. rather than going to the start. Nice, yeah, I always used to think it behind these. Even at the minute, I, I wish I had a twin brawler that could take over from me. You know, yeah. just could go and hide in the trees and somebody could do that. It's funny, I was just driving up here, I had this vision of like how to start the podcast and I had this <laughs> a stupid analogy of this guy getting put into a capsule in Krypton and getting sent to planet Earth. <laughs> Because he just oh, appeared oh, out of nowhere. So I'm sitting drinking a bottle of you know pop or a bottle of diet coke. So that's yeah. I'm not very inspirational. So I'm not. But that's all I drink. Everybody, that's the other thing. I think. But maybe people with preconceptions they, if they see you running well they think you're maybe eating salads all the time and, and you know I'm probably one of the, you know I would watch my weight now because I do put weight on very easily but I wouldn't be that I would be dedicated in the sense I would do my training and I would do my mileage and that but I'd say that I don't do any yeah. strength conditioning I don't do there's a lot of things I don't do you know but mm -hmm. I do most of my you know I focus on the actual running part I suppose it's, so. it's important to keep balance too, isn't it? Because you could t you could make it too intense. You can't, see, I always say it doesn't pay your bills, you know. And, yeah. and sometimes, you know, when you're when you're, you know, if you have a bad race and all there, you, you can think it's the end of the world. And you know, I've I've went through that before, especially if you're training. You know, if you're training hard and maybe it's not coming off for you. You know, it's me. I've seen times you can be training really hard and you can be racing, and you can be running like a donkey. You know, it's, yeah. it's happened to me, but. You know, another way of looking at it is, like I said, it doesn't pay your bills. And like I have a neighbour there, my my friend, she was diagnosed last year with breast cancer, and she's mm. thirty one. So things like that, you know, put it into perspective. Yeah. You know, and you know she's lucky enough she's got she got it at an early stage. She's getting treatment and that. But when you look at those sort of things in life, can already be grateful, don't you? Like you, you need to be you grateful have. you're even able to run sometimes. You know, so. So when was, can you think back the first time you thought to yourself, you're going to lace up a pair of running shoes, I'm going to go out and try a run? Can you remember I can't, that time? Well, when I left school, I put a lot of weight on, because I wasn't doing anything. PE at least was keeping me, even though I didn't like it, it was keeping the weight off. But for a couple of years after I left school, I didn't train at all. I'd done literally nothing. I was eating garbage, I was eating a lot, and my weight shot up. And then I remember having a kick a bit, because I used to play a bit of football, you know, 
nothing serious but I remember having a kick about at home with some of my friends and I remember I was, I was gasping for air and I was like <laughs> my face was red and I, I felt embarrassed to be honest because I knew like I felt so unfit so I decided at that time I think at that time I started to go to the gym I didn't do that much running I, I would have ran on the treadmill but the first time I actually did a race was about 2006 and Again, I wasn't in a running club then. I only did it because it was I was playing. I used to play indoor football at that time, and I done my local race. It was called the Cost Five in Ballymena. It's it's changed names now. It's called the Fairhill Five, but it used to be around the Cost Park, and I did it in two thousand six off very little training, and I think I ran. It was about maybe a loop thirty one minutes. And at the time, you know, I was happy enough, but I hadn't done any training for it. And every summer after that, I would have done at least one road race, maybe two. Okay. But again, I ran them, you know, I was a, more or less as a fun runner, a jogger. I wasn't doing, yeah. you know, I wasn't training for them. And five-a-side football was my main sport, you know. And I used to organise five-a-side. And if you talk to him that's ever organised five-a-side, they'll tell you the hassle there is with organising it. Because you would book a hall and you would have ten players two nights before it. And then half an hour before the game, <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, I can't play play and you'd, you'd have maybe seven or six player and you were lucky to get a game but I played five aside and that was really where most of my fitness came from but even then I was still overweight and it was only in... What, what are you calling overweight like? Is it... Well, was it, well at my heaviest I was nearly 14 stone, right. I was over 13, I think after 13 just stopped weighing myself because <laughs> I thought I was going to break the skills but I was, you can see I have pictures of myself even when I took up the run but basically when, when I took up running when I first joined the club, that was 2012, and the reason that and that's really where it all kind of started for me, because a friend of mine had asked me about running uh, the Belfast Marathon for charity. Yeah. So he was wanting to raise money. I think it was a wee Christian soccer charity in some of them different, com- you know, another country. And uh, he initially he approached me about uh, running it. I think organising a relay team. So. I was going to do that, and then when I thought about it, I thought, you see, I always had the notion of running a marathon, mm. and just to complete it, because, you know, you get all these ideas in your head, so I decided, you know what, I'll do the full marathon, and I know that if I agree to do it for charity, like, I can't get out of it, yeah. you know, if I'd have, maybe I'd done it off, if I'd have just come up with the idea myself, you know, I'd have probably just... just give toward, you away. I'd have probably towards the time <clears> I said, oh, I can't be bothered doing it, but I knew if I agreed to do it for charity, I'd have to do it, so I ended up, like, I didn't do that much, that was pretty late on, um... You know, it wasn't that... Were you heavy when you started training for that? Oh, yeah, I was very heavy. Like, I have pictures of myself. I was, but At that time, I was probably 13 stone, you know, or at least. <laughs> what what were you now? Uh, I'm actually under 10 now. Jesus. So, you know, that's, that's the latest. You know, you look at it as a percentage body mm-hmm. weight change. Like, that's quite considerable, isn't well, you it? See, I'm always naturally... You know, even no matter how much weight I lose, I always notice in photographs, I always look sort of stocky because I'm, I'm naturally stocky. It's hard for tank. me... I was sort of tank, <laughs> but it's hard for me to like. I wouldn't be naturally thin. Like I see runners, I'm running against, and they love me mm. whippets. They just are natural, you know, naturally built like that. So um, I'd be like one of them. You know, when you see some of them sports guys on the TV, you know, when you see them years later when they're pundits and they're all big belly hanging <laughs> over the belt, that's what I'll be like when I get up there on so. <laughs> um, But anyway, I started like say I did that marathon. They I only asked to do it I think it was about February maybe late February early March and the marathon's early you know it's the first yeah, yeah. weekend in May so I didn't do that much training for it I think I did like three long runs I ran with a mate of mine or a fella Colin Hoey he ran for Ballymena runners he had done a lot of marathons at that time I trained with him and then I joined this running club that I'm, I'm associated with now 
Uh, it's called Fit and Running, and Ballymena, my coach was a fellow Gregory Walsh, and he was a, at that time he was a PT instructor in a gym that I went to. I used to go to fitness mm-hmm. first because I used to do a wee bit of weight training and that. And it was him really got me. He kind of smartened me up to how to train because I hadn't a clue how to train. I just thought you had to run every run you done. Like I used to just run the treadmill hard for twenty minutes, and that's what I thought yeah, you yeah. had to do to get faster. And it was only whenever I trained with him that he he told me send me some of your times that you've done. You know, because I told him I'd done races before, and he looked at him and he said, oh, you know them reasonable times. You know, for somebody that's not really a runner, and and uh, eventually like I done the marathon and done it off. I would say like I say three long runs and maybe running barely 20 miles a week and I ran 327 yeah that was pretty good like for, for your, for, well, for your first because I could barely see the last mile I just remember like <clears throat> they were giving out bottles of boot you know that isotonic drink boost yeah, yeah. there was somebody at 24 Jeez. miles my legs were I thought my <clears throat> quad, one of my quads felt really tight and I thought god can I even finish this and then somebody was handing out these like energy drinks and I drank one and I was like some it was like rocket fuel because it managed to get me to the finish and all, the thing I always remember that was 2012 I remember that year that was a really bad the weather was awful mm. it was just a really wet day it was miserable and um, I just remember afterwards it was free you know you don't feel the rain when you're running the marathon it's afterwards when you get to you know at the ozone there was that big a queue again and get your sports bag and uh, and then I missed my left home, so I nearly <laughs> had to do an hour marathon to get home. But how, how, to get that, how does that feel then? Like three thousand—that's pretty good time to be fair. Like three twenty-seven. Uh, uh, you know, at that time I didn't—I didn't know a good time from a bad time, mm-hmm. to be honest. And uh, if there is such a thing, you know, I always think it's relative to your ability. You know, yeah. like, like there's ones maybe running, um, you know, even somebody that's complete, even just completing a marathon. Like I don't recommend. That's one thing I don't recommend. Even though I've been a bit of a hypocrite here. I don't recommend, you see if you've never ran before, I don't recommend going and doing a marathon yeah. straight away. I always think you should be, you'd be better off doing shorter distances because I was lucky I got away with it. I didn't get any injuries, but I know loads of ones that have done a marathon. And I think it's because they're training on the roads all the time. They end up yeah, getting... it's very heavy. It's like, very... I've had quite a few friends who have trained for the marathon. Yeah. And once they crossed the line, never went back. Uh, I, yeah. I'm not that fussed on, let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, but... As, as you say as well, and I, my first two years were just injury after injury after injury. Yeah. Learning all about my body mm-hmm. until eventually my body got strong enough to cope with the training. Like, yeah, yeah. Because I've done it the wrong way around. Yes. Rather than, like, you shouldn't really rush into the marathon. No, I don't like, think you should. I've seen, like, even, I see ones moving to the marathon. I honestly, well, you know, mm-hmm. in Northern Ireland at the minute, it's maybe the, at the very top level, if you wanted to get selected for, say, the, maybe the Commonwealth Games, or maybe the Olympics. No, not that I would be doing that, but just I know other ones that are maybe mm. doing that. That's that's where a lot of guys have a chance of representing Northern Ireland. That's why so many maybe ones that are younger moves to the marathon early. But I, just because I'm at the minute, because of the age I am, I'm 35. Um, I would actually rather get faster at the shorter, you know, like 10 yeah. k's and 5 k's while I still can. You know, so that I think it's almost good to get that base anyway, no matter what level you're at. Oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if you can if you can build a good five K pace then good ten K pace. What happens to an awful lot of people is, you know, they train for the marathon, then for mm-hmm. the marathon, then for the marathon. And you're always they're around that from, one or two minutes. They're going from marathon to marathon. I yeah. notice that a lot. I know, I know ones that do <clears throat> they maybe do three or four marathons in the year and I don't think that's healthy. But you know, mm. again everybody has their own strengths and weaknesses. I know people doing hundred marathons a year. <laughs> yeah. I, I see that you know, I, I know ones that are in that, you know, that hundred marathon club Ireland. 
and yeah. fair play to them. But it's all relative as well. It depends about pace and where you're mm -hmm. training, and, and you know if your training runs just your body can adapt to just doing that as long as you're not hitting that intensity every single time. Well, I've only ever done three marathons, and one of them was trail, and two of them was road and I could tell you the one I enjoyed most was the trail when I done Tolly Moore you know the forest more yeah. and I ran really well but the after I did Belfast I actually did another I'm kind of contradicting myself because I actually did another marathon not long after all, that all runners are hypocrites yes, by the way they are I, well, I'm, I'm probably one of the biggest ones but I went from doing Belfast that was me right and I didn't do a lot after that I don't even know if I was still around I was probably still playing football I think and then I did, but the Dervik had a marathon that same year. That was 2012. That was because it was the year of the Olympics. They had, they usually have, I think it's Springwell organised that one. But they usually have a half marathon, but that year they actually had a marathon as well. And it was two laps of the half marathon course. And it was because it was the centenary year. It was the, you know, they have a guy, Kennedy Kane MacArthur from years okay. ago. He, had, he was an Olympian from that part of the world, I think. And uh, I did the Dervik one, and I was slower at that one because it has a hellier course and it was a warm day. But the other thing I remember about that marathon, at 22 miles, I got stung with a wasp, Jeez. you know. And I was, it didn't affect me that much, but I just remember it just landed there, just on above my lip, and I just felt this jag, and, and I brushed it away. And then I, I was like, I started to swell up, and I hadn't been stung in years with a wasp, but I just asked the one thing I always remember about that. <laughs> that one. was a couple of months after Belfast. That was, that was July, I think. It would have been, I would have been, but maybe two months. Mm. But again, I, I ran maybe 3.37 in that one. And uh, again, I wasn't caring about my time, I just wanted to get around it. But that's actually the last road marathon I've done. So. Yeah. It's funny, I've seen a photograph of you in Belfast, a couple of photographs in Belfast, and you can really tell you're running form in that. Uh, yes, and you're, it's not great. <laughs> It's so different than it is now. Uh, still not even great, to be honest. I've seen pictures of me. I have a weird, terrible habit of, you know, I don't even realise I'm doing it. You don't realise how you run until you see it in a video <laughs> or see it in a photograph, but I have a terrible habit of keeping my arms out like that, you know. I'm, I, I use my arms more than I actually think I'm using them. So yeah. I don't know, it's like I'm kind of fighting me somewhere. In Belfast, you were quite, like, you were striding, and it might have just been the photographs, it seemed there was two or three of them, and you were hitting your um, heel. Uh, quite far I do, I probably do. whereas now when you watch you as your runnings progress you know yes. you've a very fast strong cadence where you're you're not striding and you're you know it's all just coming together does that happen naturally over time do you but think you see when i started training mcgregory that was one of the first things and at the time i didn't really believe in it but i can see why he done it as he used to get you to work on your uh you know he used to say be a bit tighter with your arms keep your arms at you know this level and you know he used to go on he, said, he always used to say that you know when, he, when I first joined the club you had to get an elbow in the face because I used to I, <laughs> I used to run like that I would have swayed I didn't even know what I was doing it yeah. but I would have swayed from side to side so you know my running form is not perfect because I always think people have and you can correct it to a certain point yeah. but I think everybody has their own natural way of running and, that's right but you can improve it because mine was awful and it's still not great but um, but that's through him he improved it in fairness well, one of the errors I do see is what you're talking about there from side to side because mm -hmm. to me you're sort of throwing your body motion left and right rather than you, forward isn't it so they talk about sockets to pockets you yeah. know that's you know and it's hard to do that but um, it also makes you fall over Aye. you crouch over and it sort of blocks your air a bit I try I see when you're running they always talk about you should have a, like a kind of slight lean but mm. sometimes people lean over at the actually over the waist and then they're not breathing um, but I always try and keep like a slight sort of lean, but I don't really know, it's as if you're kind of falling into your stride. But, 
you think that'll make it easier but even you know if you're tired at the end of the race you're like yes you still have to work hard it doesn't matter it doesn't make your running much easier but it definitely maybe it makes you more efficient if you if you took it overall overall distance i think running efficiency is really underestimated i remember the first time i seen a video of me i looked like quasimodo (laughs) everybody i've seen yeah i think you see you i remember somebody said to me they saw me running here somewhere and the guy said to me, he says, I could tell that was you with your running style. He says, ah, that's, that's Mark McKinster there. And I was like, well, <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult. But everybody, funny enough, I can spot runners. There's everybody has their own me kind of, you know, way of running, I suppose. But um, mine's maybe not the best, but it's, it's hopefully better than it was. <laughs> I was looking at um, the Run Britain handicapped. I saw something earlier. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Is that numbers? Was that like sixth overall or what way was that? Have you ever seen that before? The only thing I've seen, you know, on the par ten. I know last year I was number one in the UK for five miles on the road and my age group. But then the thing is, five miles is not as common a distance as like. Yeah. Uh, 5k or 10k but well run britain i always get a sneak in that it gives me a good idea uh, it shows you all of your races oh, so it good. does from 2012 yes and you started off 2012 and 2013 with a plus eight handicap i and, i'm not even sure what way that works is that a bad is it or something um well on the graph it shows it really low down compared uh, to and there's a real uh, steep like progression uh, and it goes to like minus 4.5 <laughs> to this month. Oh. And I don't think anybody, I've never Sorry. seen anybody's progress chart look like that. Seriously? Because you've normally got some level of history that you're sort of bringing uh, with you. Over that really. short period of time, 2012, 13, like within five I don't need, five years, it, yeah. just, it just ramps up your progress chart. And it shows you as being, I think it was sixth in the UK. Oh. Just... I seen that sixth thing. I see. I would like I say I would look more in power ten. Although it's it's linked to Run Britain, but I've never really looked at the Run Britain. Uh, I remember looking at it a while back. But it's funny. That's what I was going to say. But you see, when you start running, the first couple of years, especially when you're not used to maybe doing a lot of running, the first couple of years you're getting PVs all the time. But you see the thing that happens. That's that's the thing, and I think that's why maybe some people maybe get a wee bit frustrated, or they maybe you know. I don't know you get people that drift away from running when their improvement sort of stops after the first two years that happened to me i was running pvs all the time and then it leveled off a wee bit mm-hmm. and i was running training hard and i and i was like wasn't getting what i thought I should, you know i thought i should have been getting faster i just went with that expectation because you're that used to running pvs then when that stops they dry up for a while yeah. and then you start to panic and you're like oh no wonder but you know what a thing I've learned that's only really in the last maybe probably the last eighteen months, definitely in the last years that it's all you see the consistency when you're running yeah. week in week out. That's why I don't. I always think you should look at your training. Don't look what you're going to do in a month or two's time. Look at, as if you're training for a year ahead. Mm-hmm. I always think you're a year behind because do you see with all the weeks mileage you're putting in, you'll well maybe get some benefit in the short term, but. The big benefits come sort of further down the chain, and you yeah. need to have the patience. That's the one thing I would give if I was giving advice, you know. And I'm still learning. I'm not. I'm not an expert either. But I would say to anybody, you know, if you're struggling with running, you know, give it time. Just because time, time goes by very quick, you know. Achieve, that, that's the cert. It goes out like I can't believe it. I've been running since 2012. Like that's what's that? Seven years, nearly seven, mm-hmm. nearly seven years, and. Uh, you know the thing is that's what I'm saying. But we see from like point A to point B, they'll look at people. will see what I was running in 2012, and they'll maybe see what I'm running now. But they don't see 
you see the weeks of grind in between. Yeah. I could show them. The thing is, see, the last maybe four years, like I'm not on Strava, but I would use Garmin Connect, and I think I worked out that for the last, I know for the last like four, 45 years, like I've been averaging 80 miles a week for the past like four years. And if you do that again, like consistently, if you can do that, it doesn't, you don't have to run 80 miles is only an arbitrary number. Like, like I always say you should do as much mileage as you can do. That without getting injured or without mm. getting stale, and that's different for everybody. You know, some people that could be forty miles, fifty miles a week. Some people, if they're training for a marathon, that could be like hundred and twenty. They're not that I really want to be doing that. But um, but it is key though, isn't it? Like consistency is key. It's not any one session. You keep a momentum going. Momentum is always going to improve you no matter what. That's you see another thing I do that helps me. This is if you I don't get that many injuries, and I always put that down to I do a, a terrible lot of my weekly mileage isn't on the road. It's either, and I live near a forest, I live near Ballyboley Forest, which is, you can get like a 10k trail loop around, they're all fire paths, so I do a lot of my weekly mileage there, or I'll come here, or I'll go to Bally Clare, or, you know, playing fields, I like grass to run on, and uh, if you can do as much of your weekly mileage off-road as possible, the better, and I think that's why I, like, I don't do any strength and conditioning, I mean, you know, there's maybe an argument to say I should do it, but I always maintain I get a lot of my strength. You see, just a lot of hills, just from running hills <coughs> and running grass and running mud. And um, I think a lot of people there, you'll see a lot of runners there. They're going from physio, uh, they're throwing money at physios and strength and conditioning coaching on. A lot of the time, you know, there's there is a, a room for them people, but at the same time, I think a lot of them wouldn't even need to be doing that mm. if they if they didn't run on the road as much, you know. So. Yeah, I, I actually have an injury at the minute where it's, it's like a plantar on the front forefoot. Oh, um, dear. One of the bursters inflaming. Right. But just to show you the difference between the road and the trail, I went to do a park run and I had to pull out after half a mile. Uh, the next day I ran 17 miles on the trails with no problems. No problems at all, yeah. So it just goes to show how hard the road is impacting your feet and well, your body. That's a good, I'll tell you a good analogy. I've made a fellow Mark Smith has said to me one day, which is very true. See if you took a plate and you dropped it on the road, it'll smash into bits. But if you took a plate <laughs> and you drop it over there, where my lost plane was, drop it in the grass, you're not going to put a scratch on it. So that's, I always think that's a good analogy. That's why I like, I just prefer, like, even if it wasn't for the fact that it keeps you injury proof, uh, I just prefer like going to a forest or somewhere nice just to run because I'm not a big one of my least favorite runs is running alongside traffic on a main road on a pavement. Yeah. Just hate that. You know, you're just running for the sake of it. You're running for the, you know this time of the year. Obviously, seeing I'm doing road races, I I like doing my I have to do my sessions on the road or do them. You know, I don't re really do a lot of track running, funny enough, but. I don't mind doing my speed sessions on the road, but you see a lot of my easy mileage is, is very, very rare it'll be on the road, you know. Mm -hmm. I may do it at home, maybe if my second run at night time, I might go out and do We Live and We Company, you know, I live up between Ballymine and Larne, I live in Glenmurray, I live, but it's all country roads and it's quiet, there's not much traffic mm -hmm. on them and there's no flat roads up where I am. So I, if I want to do a flat run, I have to drive to the town. So that's if you're doing 80, 90 miles a week, how do you break that down then? So how much well, is on it's not trail? that hard, it's not actually that you know, you could even do that. I find eighty miles in the winter time would do slightly more because I try and build my base up in the winter time. But I would usually do doubles, not every day, but most days. Mon Monday's always a good double day. I'll try and get. It could be, it could be an eight and a six, or it could be maybe ten and five, or just whatever way my coach has it on my training. You know, I, I get a training plan for him every month, and he tells you, you know, and then I know what sessions. But even even my speed session between your warm up, I always do like at least a two two and a half mile warm up maybe a couple of miles cool down and, and you're maybe doing like 10, 
you know your your speed session could be 10k of volume so there's six minutes your recovery is a lot a wee bit more manageable there's some speed sessions i've done you maybe could be getting 12 or 13 miles in total you know between everything warm-up cool down session and recoveries and you see if you add that up over six seven you know my long run on a sunday i'll usually try and get at least 15 miles anyway so if you add that up it's you're not long of getting the miles what sort of pace would you run the 15 miles then well, in percentage ways like is it a lot less intensity I, I don't well sometimes at the minute I don't I, I usually would run them easy but I can run them like, like if I'm running somewhere like reasonably flat say a towpath or, or just even rainy's playing pace I could run maybe low 6 minute pace but if I was running I usually try and do me me like long runs with somebody and I could be running maybe 7.30 you know could be even slow as 8 minute pace but I don't worry too much you know uh, about it's just miles pace. in the legs it's just it's just time, time and feet, feet time and feet they talk about but uh, at the minute because I'm my, my overall fitness has improved I've seen times where I go out to run on the road and you go out with the best intentions to run slow but you can't you, you just have a, a kind of you know I always just go by how I feel just you know, rhythm so it could be different like today there I did, I did a hard road session yesterday so today I done 10 miles around here at Molosca I was first mile like I was like sluggish enough like but as soon as you know I got a few miles in my legs and I started to kind of get into a wee rhythm so but again on a day like this here it's just about recovery so you don't really worry yeah, too much yeah. about your pace you just want to get the miles kind of you're glad to see the last mile done get it over and done with sometimes <laughs> <laughs> so some people when they see you sort of winning races as Mark McKenzie they don't actually realise the journey you've come on to I wrote down a couple of uh, um, results there so the Eco Park when you talk about the Eco yeah. Park there in 2012 you ran it in 1931 that's right, in 2016 you ran it in 1548 yes race over the glens which is a five and a half mile uh, that's a tough one uh, it's a hard race like, I, I won it once <laughs> 2013 you ran it in 44 minutes yes. 2018 you ran it in 32 minutes you see the thing I always remember you see that first time I'd done it that was 2013 I actually had to walk the hell that was the old six mile course that was a course I ended up winning it on one year but the year I won it I was in good shape I was at that time I think I was I was actually training it there a fair bit but that's a hard course and I remember um, that was one I was actually proud of winning because it's one all the kind of local boys like to yeah. win and, and it's, it's usually like uh, the ones that do well in it are usually like either mountain runners or cross country runners because it is so tough but I just remember if you'd have told me then you see in 2013 when I was walking up that hill and I wanted <laughs> yeah. to only go home at that time I would win it like, uh, a couple of years later like I'll, I'll, I wouldn't have believed you like you know mm-hmm. so but the park run I remember that Ecos park run I ran 1930 at that and I remember thinking how do these guys run 18 minutes I, I don't know I used to see somebody at that time somebody that was running 18 minutes to me might as well have been Mo Farah because I don't yeah. know how do, you, how do you get to that level you know, that's the way you are and then um, when I started going to Gregory's club for a while like I was getting hammered and training like I wasn't I remember I was hanging on to one the one thing I always remember you see the first year around, around the time I was running that 1930 I remember we were doing speed sessions at the Egos Park and I remember one night um, we were doing it was like six by three minutes. wasn't that wasn't like a hard session, but for me it was hard because mm-hmm. I wasn't used to doing speed work. And then after that we done. He used to got you to do some four hundreds at the end just for a bit of sharpness. And I remember we done. We wanted us to run them in seventy five seconds, which is about five minute mile pace. And I remember we done the first two. And I I know you would never get me saying this now, but you see after the first two, I remember saying to him, I don't think I can do another one. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm busted here, and and you know the thing that helped me and I always remember this was two fellas in our club at that time, Connor McQuell and James Wallace, and I remember that they probably done me a big favour that night because they said to me on the third one, "Tell you what, you lead this one, 
I've been sitting behind you. And I ended up, and I couldn't believe it, I think I ended up running 74. But the last one, the one I'd done before that was like maybe, it wasn't even, it was about 78, 79. I was just going out the back door. But because they'd done that, it kind of, you know, it was maybe a turning point. It doesn't sound like much. It just sounds like it's just a speed It's a confidence session. thing too, like, isn't it? Well, so. that, that was a big turning point because <clears> I remember from that night, it showed me, it's a thing my coach always used to say, your mind goes up before the body does. And you can pretty much train your body to do anything mm. if you, you know, within limits, I suppose. But um, And after that, I remember I applied myself. I went to the speed sessions every week, didn't miss them. And you see, after Christmas, I think I ran 18.30. And it was, you know, to me, that and that was the first time people laugh at this because you can't really, you know, you don't, suppose, win a park run. But that was the first race I'd ever finished first in. And uh, I was really happy. And then I started to think, you know what, I could. Because it was a great feeling, even though it was just a park run. Because yeah. at that time, I wasn't used to what I'm doing now. And, and I thought, you know what, I could maybe break 18. And then a couple of months later, or maybe a month later, I think I ran a low 18. And then eventually I got my park run time down to like 17.40. And I started chipping away at it. And uh, eventually then I got to where you were saying there, I think I ran a 15.48. And, and I always remember that that. That was a course record, and I, th- I had the old course record because I ran sixteen twenty, and I thought that one there would last forever. And a guy from Scotland broke it three weeks later. So <laughs> I need to go back and claim that. So I just remember that. It's amazing progression, though. Like, Aye, it's and the likes of La- the Lan Half Marathon there. Oh yes, yeah. Two thousand twelve, you ran it in one hour thirty three, which was I remember that. still a good half. Mm. Um, but then in two thousand seventeen, you went back in one hour eleven minutes, like. That, that was fast. That was, well, the thing was, I was more pleased about just actually winning that because that's my local half marathon. Because I live, our, <coughs> where we live, our postcode is actually, we're under the Ballymena postcode, but I live slightly closer to Larne than Ballymena. And actually, my closest town is Ballyclare, funny enough. But Larne was one I was really proud of winning it. But no, it wasn't, my time, when I ran it, I wasn't caring about my time, but that was actually slower than my PB because I ran 70, 20 at Ards. Yeah. Ards is still my PB, but. I've been a bit hit and miss with half marathons and I actually haven't done any for two years now because I had to drop out of one. I did the Lisburn half about two years ago and had an absolute disaster. I just like, took a stitch at eight miles and I struggled on. It was, or, no, it was a warm night and I don't know whether it was that or what I ate or drank before it but I just remember feeling awful and I slowed off to try and ease it and no matter how much I slowed down I could not get any relief I was just feeling that way every you know you know what stitch feels like I was feeling that way every footstep and then at 10 miles I said right I'm pulling the plug and I never hardly do that but I had a 10k that Saturday coming up so I had that in mind as well but you know what whenever I realised because I hadn't done the Lisburn half before I had to actually walk the rest of the route anyway to get to my car, so I might as well have just fucking done it, you know. So I kind of was kicking myself, but uh, I just remember, like, I haven't done, I did maybe one half marathon a week after that, that was ours again, and I haven't done any half since, and I think that was one of the reasons I got faster over the shorter distances, I started to kind of not do the halves, because I wasn't getting any, I felt like I just wasn't getting... Just sharpening more in the shorter uh, distances. I thought, I well, you see, I, I know, you see, three weeks before I did that Lisburn, I ran one of my best sessions ever. And I, ran, I remember in Victoria Park, I did 10 miles, I think I did it in 52, inside 53 minutes. And I thought, you know, I'm going to break the 70 here at Lisburn. And I think I actually ran my race in training. Yeah. <laughs> That's what my coach said, you probably ran your race in training. And I ended up, I just wasn't getting any kind of. 
I felt I wasn't progressing at the half morning so I always think if there's a distance you're not progressing at just move down to something shorter mm-hmm. and then go back to now I'm entered for Roma in a couple of weeks time but at the minute I don't even know if I'm going to get doing it because I get picked to do that Titanic race it's next week and then Queen's is the same week and then almost the Saturday so it could be a bridge too far so I'm just going to play it beer and see how I, how I feel but I was only going to run Oma mainly because I'd been doing a lot of mileage over the winter time I was just going to kind of run it off the back of that I didn't have that many like height you know it wasn't any great expectations for it but I'll, knowing me I'll probably end up doing it anyway so. mentioned your coach there a few times now yeah um, how much of an influence have you found your coach to be always? Oh, big influence, you know. And and at the minute, the uh, like, I would still. I'm not in just because for a while there, I had changed jobs. I was working in Bangor for a while, and then I hadn't really been in training him. But I always get a training plan from him. And uh, you know, Gregory. Whenever I used to go into the club, like it was him that really, you know, he's knowledgeable. That's one thing I'll say for. And he used to be a runner. He used to run mm. for Ballymena runners, and then he, he was. In, that's how I ended up running for North Belfast because he joined North Belfast, and then that wee clubs like a kind of like an affiliated club with North, although they're based in Ballymena. And uh, Gregory ran. I think he was like a thirty-two minute ten k runner, and he'd mm-hmm. ran fifteen forty for five k. So he was a decent runner in his day. And he kind of for a while there, I was running the same times as him. So he kind of knew. Thing I liked about Gregory, he knew what it was like. You know when you're competing in a race, he he he's good tactically. You know, but I probably drive him mad because I have a have a gun eat. You know, I don't. I wouldn't be one of them sitting kick merchants. I don't. Mm-hmm. I like to kind of you know try and take a race on if I think I'm capable of doing. It doesn't always work, but um. But you know, he he, he taught me a lot. Just even about warming up, cooling down, stretching. There's things that he's taught me, um, and just how you train. The thing, probably the most useful thing about him is how you structure your training for the year, so you're mm-hmm. doing the right things at the right time. And and another thing he taught me, and it's probably the most important, is take a break every year. You know, yeah. you need to take um, I Let see runners recover. Well, to give you an example, I took a proper break there last summer. I took three weeks. July. Once I got to the end of June, I took it was ten days where I done absolutely no running. Just yeah, <laughs> the dad me a wee bit of walking. That was it. And then I spent two weeks just doing a couple of short twenty minute runs. You know, just to kind of keep your body ticking over. But in a UL lose a bit of fitness, but you do you see within a month you'll build it up again. But the thing was, the year before I was meant to do that, and I, and I didn't do it. I was meant to do it, and I only took like a few days off because I wanted to try and. Uh, retain the leg inside. It was coming up in September, so I knew I couldn't afford to miss too much training. And I won leg inside, but it was a short term gain I got because I, I see after that I ran like a dunk. I did yeah. banger ten, get a horrible run, and I ended up I got niggles and injuries that I don't normally get. And I think that was because I didn't take a proper break. And you see, this year I took a proper break. I knew I did have to take a beating or two. You know, when there was races, I was getting hammered um, when I come back from my break, but. You see the benefit I got from taking that now. Like I'm mm. of a fresher body, so I think you do need to take a even break. Your, even your mind, though, when you put your mind, that oh, yeah, miles. definitely, definitely. You need a mental. You need a mental break. And the other thing he used to say is your central nervous system gets shredded. Mm. You see, when you're racing, you need about three weeks for it to, uh, you know, restore itself. You know, you don't think in them things, but, um, but when you're racing all the time, um. You know, it's, it's hard in your system. You, so. you do a lot of races, it's fair to say. <laughs> I, you know, well, the thing is, I probably don't do as many now as I used to, because I used to, I see me when I was racing every week, 
but that's not a good thing, you know. Cause yeah. you can't, it's all right maybe if you're not like a lot of. If I do end up racing like in the winter time, there you have a lot of cross country races, and a lot of them I wasn't tapering for. I was just using them. I was running them, you know. Mm. I was I was getting into them and I was racing them. I wasn't taking it easy on any of them, but I wasn't tapering for them. But if I have a big key race coming up, I will sort of you know taper for it. But um, but I do. Do you write a schedule for the year then, or what way do you look at it? I, well, he coach. he has it planned out. He, well, I get my training month month to month I don't see it for the year but then he asked me what races are you aiming for and mm. then I set him and then he he'd fit that in do you ever sneak a few in there that he doesn't know about <laughs> oh, they, they have to have done that the other time but <laughs> he's oh, I hope he doesn't listen to him. but no I, I, he, generally I would listen to him because Anthony tells you you know he said to me before there's been times where you know you think you can go for them all you can't you know and depends if it's a race if it's maybe something doesn't mean a lot you know might use it for a, a a training run or something but usually nine times out of ten I know what I'm sort of training for because and what draws you to a race and you talk like you want to do the lagging side what is it that's attracting well, that's our these... lagging side that's our kind of North Belfast kind of club race that's our own race we host that so I won it twice so it was nice to win it a couple of times although I didn't do it last year because I wasn't fit at the time do so. you find it hard then to stand at the sideline and watch a race like that I would uh, well Sometimes you see in the morning, I always say this. You see, every time I do a race, I'm always like, you know, day before I'm fired up. You see in the morning, the race, I'm like, why am I even doing this? I don't, I don't <laughs> even enjoy it. I'm, it's because you always feel, I think that's natural, but every yeah, runner yeah. feels a wee bit of nerve. You always feel a bit nervous before any race. And uh, then you think to yourself, like, why did I put myself through this? Why am I running? But then yet you realise you train to race. So you have to, you know... It's your protective mind trying to give you a bit of a beating. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, you know, you. It's, uh, if you suppose sometimes you don't want to get into that, it's, that's the other thing can ruin runners. You get runners maybe go into races and they're too cocky and you end up, mm. you know, that can backfire on you because I, I never go into a race thinking I'm automatically going to win. That's one thing I actually hate is when you turn up at a race and somebody will come up to you because you... I prefer kind of being on my own before race because I'm not, you know, people might think I'm not very friendly before race because I'm kind of in my own me world and you'll get people coming up to you, there's a winner there, you know, oh, you'll win this today, big man. And then that's that's like the kiss of death because yeah, you end up, yeah. that's the time you'll end up being a bad one. And it antagonises the guys you're racing against because they, they'll usually say it with an earshot, maybe one of your competitors is there and they hear that and they'll be thinking, oh, I'm not going to let him win today, I'm going to be... Lift him up and put you down. Take him to school. <laughs> so, you know... People are gonna, you, do you realise now there's going to be about 20 people going, you're going to win this one, Mark? Oh, and they're going to be competitors, <laughs> friends. <laughs> I'll just be to tell me sort of because I just, I like, you know, you go into it confident but not, I never, I've never went into a race where I've thought, right, mm. I'm definitely going to win this because you just don't know, you don't know what training guys are doing. Like, I've went and you see guys there that can run, like, there's a fella we're talking about, you know, I'm in the Masters now, there's a fella who's a brilliant runner and he's 45, Declan Reid. Runs for City of Derry. Like he ran. I remember I, I was saying that we were over at Lochborough there, we decked there about two weeks ago at the Enter Counties. And I was saying that, you know, some of my hardest races have been against Dicky, you know, and, and like he's flying, he's a few Irish records and all too. So you just that's never know. That's phenomenal, isn't it? That's, that's, you know, that's what I say, you know, when you get, he's probably the same as me, you know, that he took up running. See, if you, if you took up running slightly later in life, you have that more of a scope to improve, you know, because you have yeah, a fresher yeah. body. That's why sometimes you get people, maybe there's runners the same age as me, but they've maybe been running since they were at school. They've got to a stage where they've been doing the, the running so much now, they maybe just don't... It's, a, fr- it's a fresher mind. Like, fresher it's, mind. They've done it all. It? A lot of them guys have run. Like, they've they're, they're, gone they're, up and they've peaked and they've yep. sort of come back down again. Like A lot of them boys have run phenomenal times and they've, and they've, really, yeah. they've kind of already run them and... 
they probably don't want want it as much now. You know what I mean? They probably mm. have really family commitments and. Um, well, it's fresh to you, five six years. Like Twenty nine, I was when I took up you know, running properly. Pretty. So that's for me. That's pretty. But it's, it's great momentum though. Like I wrote down your silly cup times there, and you've done oh, five of those. Yes. But it was like from two thousand thirteen. Thirty four minutes, thirty three minutes, thirty two minutes, thirty one minutes, then thirty thirty six. Well, gee, Twenty nine. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, so. you know they always go on a bit. You know that's the thing. Years but it's hard ago, work, isn't it? But, uh, well, that was see last year at a great race with Ben. You know Ben Brana won it last year, but he's a phenomenal runner and and just. Remember, I think the two of us just went went for it from the gun, and we wanted. I went into it not even knowing because I hadn't been doing. I was doing like a lot of hard training, but I wasn't doing a lot of road training. But I was doing a lot of stuff for the cross country, and that's what got me in shape for it. And I was just pleased. That was my first ever sub thirty one, and um, like they always joke about the time. We always say, you know, at this time of the year when the city comes out, they always bring out the results from nineteen eighty six, where they're all running. 28, 29 minutes, and like, ah, oh, these young boys, you know, yeah. today don't train hard. But in fairness, I would love, you know, hopefully, if you could get a lot of ones like, like Saben, and there's a lot of other fellas coming through too, and ones already established, that if you could get the right field, now that course is different mm-hmm. from the course that they'd done years ago, but it's still like, like, years ago the runners were brilliant you know they were there was just more strength and depth like it was it wasn't well, why do you think that is though because that's come up a few times on the podcast about... i i th- well you know i think there was less distractions that's what my coach mm. always says there was less distractions back then and they trained hard like that's mm. one thing they do. i think runners today like i train i do train hard but i don't know if i train maybe as hard as they trained because you hear some of the sessions are doing i remember joe mccaig Oh, yeah, John, he, I know John. He was like, he's see, nice these, see these watches and this and that. Yeah. Like we just, I look at mine too. We much. we work oh. to feel, and that's why he says, see the young boys exactly as you said. A young boys these days, like we used to run like twenty eight minutes. You see, I was joking. You know, we were saying when we were over in Loch, but I was saying like, see in thirty years time, like maybe thirty four minutes will be the new thirty one minutes, and we'll all yeah. be going, ah, you know, these young yeah. boys, they don't train the way we just they train in our day. But the thing is, I agree with them. Like, like, there's a lot. It's it's more them runners that I that would inspire me. I'm a big fan. They see likes of Paul Rowan and Dermot Dermot Donnelly was like a level above everybody. Mm. You know, he was he still got a few Northern Ireland records, and um, them guys were training. Like the thing, I, I tell you, the thing I like about some of those runners. And this is not a, to dismiss anybody that's running at a high level today, but the thing, there's a kind of raw thing about them. They're not yeah, away, yeah. they didn't have the fancy trainers and the watches, they weren't away to maybe fancy training camps, they'd done it often, be full time jobs, maybe. Um, a bit more grit, like. Aye, well, Paul, like I said, Paul Rowan would be my kind of running idol. I, I, there's, you know, my coach is a big fan of Paul, and he ran, I think he's ran 29 minutes for 10k, and he's still mm. running. Like, look at Tommy Hughes as well. And, Matt Shields and Paul Elliott, Ray Curran. There's, there's that many good. You know, I'm probably going to offend somebody but not mention them because there's so many of them. But there's so many good runners back in the day. Um, but I think life in general, though, mm-hmm. you know, life was harder back then. Yeah. And we live in a bit more. It's a bit of a well, more softer world. If you think of our kids and our kids growing up now and everything that they've got. Spot is you love it. You see, even in my, my, my dad wasn't an athlete, man, but that's the thing that was different. I always noticed my my, my dad's generation and even my grand's generation, they were a, a lot tougher. You know, they weren't. Mm-hmm. I I think now people are too emotional. They're too. They wear their hearts and they're. You know, maybe that's a cause controversy saying this, but I think people would cry at the drop of a hat these days over nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, back in like my dad's day, they, they were more a wee bit more stoic, and I think that comes through. Physically, you know, there's runners can maybe take a bit more pain. Like your, your parents will tell you, you know, they had to walk like three miles to get a pint of milk. That's the thing. And My dad had to walk to school. He wasn't an athlete, but 
I think years ago kids had more anaerobic base built up. That's the way yeah. you see the Kenyans. The Kenyans, there's a reason not only because they live at Rift Valley and, and you know they're living at altitude. It's not only that their kids are running to school mm. maybe six miles a day. They've they're doing that before they're even the age of twelve. So they have a really great aerobic. That's why so many of them are great marathoners. You know, and mm. I think today like. If you lived beside a school, you would nearly get a lift to school. You know, it's just I you know. I suppose you live in more maybe a more dangerous society now than years ago because it, literally where I live, you could have left your door open. That's yeah. and, and I don't know if I'd maybe say that now, but but it's it's just <laughs> it's just we lived in the countryside. It was one of the all the gadgets and the electronics and uh, things like that that you never used to be in the house. Well, I grew up in my, the house I grew up in as a farm. We grew up in a farm. You see, my we had no central heating. In our house, it's only in the new we got a replacement dwelling with central heating in it now. But I grew up um, like I wouldn't say I was spoiled. You know, I didn't get all the best even when I was out of school. Like I still had to wear them old plimsolls of PE. I never got all these fancy mm. trainers. Even now, I don't spend big money on trainers. I I see these ones buying these Nikes. They talk about these. Is it what is it four percent or something? And I see the price, and I wouldn't pay anything yeah, that, you know. I, I ran, you see that silly one of them series there, I think it was that, the one around 31, it might be two years ago, around 31, 25, well that was a PB for me. I ran them in a pair of Reeboks I bought in Sports Direct, and they were like 30 quid, because I just don't, I'm a typical dollar minimum, I don't like spending a lot of money. Yeah. I just don't, I just cannot justify, unless I get a voucher, I'm lucky enough at the minute where I'm getting a wee bit of prize money, but I I couldn't justify throwing out yeah, £100 yeah. for a pair of shiners, I just don't know. They don't actually last you that long either, really, do they? And my argument is, <laughs> Too, you see, like I'm saying, we're talking about them runners years ago, they were running them fast times and, and mm. like pairs out through a plimsoll. So that's what I say. The trainer, I always think when you're looking at trainers and, and these things, you're maybe looking, you know, the short Joe, Joe McKeague's picture that he's got, the black and white one. That he, he's he in his, a copy of that, he's in his bare feet. Oh, is it, oh, you, oh, yes, so I thought you meant that photo of me. Oh, I, the black and oh, white. Oh, that's the one in the cross country. He won the McCollum Shield. Uh, uh, and that's when it was a real like years ago it used to be it wasn't in the same venue it was way up the hillhead road and I think it was a real cross country like, that, that was a magical photograph the one you were talking about though aye, it was the black, black and white, and white one, of yourself and him I and thought that was a great I didn't even know that was being taken because uh, Keith McClure I think took yeah. that and I must I remember I was talking to John that was at Dundonald and funny I bumped into John at the, he was at the Northern Ireland Senior Cross Country and he gave me a copy of the photo I thought was nice and John's an older fella, really. Like, you know, he like you always see him at the races, and um, he's a gentleman, you know. And he's he could, uh, he's you know, he's anybody that's won the McConnell Shield, you know. So uh, it's only this year that I. That's the first time I ever won it. So I was always pleased to get my name on it. But you see names like his on it, yeah. so. It's nice to get in the year in the steam. I keep calling jo- John Joe, so I <laughs> forget John. about that. John, John Joe. Whatever. John Joe. So tell me the first time you put the Northern Ireland shirt on then. Can you remember that? Oh yeah, I can remember that. That was one of the things I was really proud of. That was 2015. I That was the first year I was runner-up at the Northern Ireland Senior Cross Country Championship. And the way it worked that year was the first two get picked automatically. So Declan Reid won it that year and I was second. Now that year that was... A big surprise me even being in the top three because I, I think at that time that was I think if you asked anybody a lot of people wouldn't have seen that coming mm. and then you know it was I probably overachieved that season but the thing about that was it put a kind of you always were expected to win it after that and then <laughs> I ended up being runner up at it four years in a row like the following year I really thought I could win it and Aaron Doherty had a brilliant run that year he won it and then the year after that. I probably had an even better run because I remember that it was a really good feed in 2017 because it was Connor Duffy, Aaron Doherty, Declan Reid. And I said, before the race, I thought to myself, right, 
Connor Duffy probably at that time would have been the informed runner and I thought he ever wants to win this today I'll probably have to beat Connor Duffy and I remember I think that day I did beat him but I still didn't win it <laughs> Aaron Dover had a brilliant run and then the following year Declan Reid had a great run won it again and you know I, I can't you know the thing I'll say about all them years I was beat by the better runner so you can't yeah. do anything about that but I was always kind of you always had that reputation for being a nearly man you know and, and you know they used to make that Jimmy White comment and stuff so it was nice to come back this year and win it um, but that, that's amazing though that just really goes to show that you should never give up like you yeah. know so four well, I was year, close to to be honest four yeah. years in a row see if I hadn't won it this year I was never doing it again runner up four years in a row and then uh, coming into it you're really coming into it in form I knew well this year I'm still nervous see the day of the race I just remember do you know the thing that kind of put me at ease? I usually don't put any stock into anything, but I went into it, you know, because everybody, I'll tell you another thing, I remember, I don't know, you on Twitter, maybe you're not on no. Twitter, no, well, there was a bit of controversy, there was two days before it, there was a thing posted, given off about, there had been an article saying that I was one of the, I should win it, and I was one of the favourites, and there was ones given off about that, and they were saying, you know, I know that's not fair, it puts pressure on him, and it puts pressure on, you know, everybody, um, else and all this and it was disrespectful to other ones and I remember thinking like you know Frig this will jinx me you know because the guy that meant it, I don't think he meant any harm by it but by posting that it actually put even more pressure on me mm. was the only thing and then I thought Frig I have to win it now because it's going to look you know you're going to look like a dummy if you don't win it so I was lucky enough like that day I just remember you know your fella does the commentate and you know Dave McKibben yeah. he writes the column in the newsletter I remember him saying you know that's uh, Mark McKinstry's here and he's the UK Masters champion he's the Irish champion he's the Ulster Masters champion and all this McConnell Shield winner and then that kind of put me at ease because I don't really put much stock into that and I thought well if anybody's listening to that they know the kind of form I'm in so I ran it just the way I've been training and the Declan Reid had a, actually he had a brilliant run that day because he ran probably better this year than he ran maybe the year before and I just was in good form and I was lucky enough to win it but to go back to your, I remember you saying there about my first Northern Ireland vest. Um, that was how I got my first Northern Ireland vest. Was the was that first year I was runner up at the senior. So I got selected to run for Northern Ireland at the IAAF. It was at Greenmount that year. I think it was held. It was later in the year. It was in March that year because we were hosting mm -hmm. the home countries. It's a pretty short period of time, like two thousand twelve to fifteen. Uh, it does, you know, when you think about it, you know, because <laughs> well, you see, this is the thing. Cross country, I suppose most people would agree with us that cross country I would be more naturally gifted at it than I would be in the roads or the track I just I don't know whether I think it's because of the way I run I have a short stride you know I'm very strong so strong, I'm, I'm, I would be strong you know I, I think I run my coach always used to say I run from my quads more than than I should you know and I think that comes from because I remember even as far back as like even four or five years ago I remember beating people local runners at cross country that were miles ahead of me in the roads you know, and, and I think that's where I'd seen I had a wee bit of talent at it. And uh, that year, like I say, that's where I kind of uh, probably made a name for myself at the cross country. Because I think I was fourth at the junior that year. And I hadn't been on the podium. I was one podium leading up to that. And I, I still was always up in the top five, maybe top ten, I suppose. But that was really had the run of my life that day. And, and sometimes you have them, you know. And the other times when you're expected to run, well, you run like terrible. So. It must have felt good then to get a good performance with uh, that well, shirt on. Well, 
the that's the thing you see the actual race around terrible I don't know the only thing I'll say I always joke about this that year usually the home countries is between England Scotland Wales and Northern Ireland but that year they had teams for Guernsey and the Channel Islands and I thought thank God for, for Guernsey and the Channel Islands because <laughs> they finished slightly behind me so I was 38th out of 42 so you know, when you put that into perspective this year when I done Dundonald, which is the same race, I was thirteenth overall and was the first Irishman. I finished ahead of even the you know, the Republic Ireland team, so um that's as good a run as I've probably had in that international. So that year, like again I was just happy to get selected, but I was the last one in for the team that year, so you know, it's a big, big change for it's me. Class, like. yeah. Talk to me about the British and Irish Masters then at the end of last year. Yeah. Because that was phenomenal. That's probably my, 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 the thing that I'm kind of my biggest win, I would say, because it was a good field. and um, That was in Swansea, wasn't that it? That was in Swansea. Well, you see, when I turned 35, I turned 35 last May, and it was one of the, my coach always knew it was one of the things that I was aiming for. Um, and he thought. 35? I, when I turned 35, <laughs> I turned 35, and he thought I was, you know, he says. You, you could probably do well you could probably medal at it we never really thought you, you go into it with maybe the hope of winning it but you never really think you will win it it's a real strong field it was you know the guy that finished well put it in perspective you see the guy that finished fourth uh, he was the Alistair Watson you call him. he ran 29.50 on the track for 10k last year Jeez. same year and, and he's in the 40 category he actually beat me there at the Inter Counties because he has a really good runner like he's a, he would probably be like um, he's at that level though he's a veteran he's mm. he could run with the seniors you know he's just really really good and the guy that was second that day Phil Matthews he was the hometown he was from he ran for Swansea yeah. Harriers because he would have been the favourite and I kind of he was the fella I was kind of thought you know he'd been my competition and he ended up he was but the way that were was, people earmarking you then going into that or were you more mm. from across the water more so no they, no not across the water no they hadn't a clue it was funny because was see the day of the race like <clears throat> The ones in our team, the Northern Ireland team, were they were over, you know, the ones that had already raced because there's a, the 50 category race before us and then they can watch our race afterwards. But I remember some of them telling me, like, <laughs> some of the bad spectators were like, because I went out in the lead. Yes. Not not straight away, but after about 600 metres, I pushed the, the way I done was there was a couple of Irish fellas leading it. And as soon as we, because it was a quite a hilly course, it was it was mm. almost like a fell course. It was just eight k, is it? Yeah, it was eight k, and you start it on a downhill, and then and it was fairly firm. There was a wee bit of the course was mucky, but it was it wasn't too bad actually. But the course was like it was up and across and up, and, and then you went out this way and up again. It was like snakes and ladders, but snakes and ladders it keeps moving up the boards that kind of. And I remember in the first hill, I said, "Right, I'm going to push the pace a wee bit just to see what the rest of them have." And then before I knew it, I'd opened up a wee gap. And then I thought, well, I need to keep it going. And I probably had the best two miles. I think the first two miles, I ran them just inside 10 minutes. I ran, like, I was 4.58, which was some shifting. And and before I knew it, the gap was getting bigger and bigger. But the funny thing was, the Northern Ireland's were telling me that there were these Wallaces watching and going, who's that agent there? He's oh, gonna, he, he's, he's going to blow up. He's going to blow up. He's, he's never going to stick that. And even the commentator, I could hear him. He was saying, you know, um, you know, Mark McKinstry from Northern Ireland is leading it, but uh, the question will be, can he sustain this? Can he hold the pressure and all this here? And uh, I never really paid much attention to that, but Amy Bowman, she took a great video. I think she sent it to me. It was on my timeline at the time, and you can hear the commentator when I was coming in at the finish. It was, uh, so that question has been answered. So <laughs> I thought, yeah, I was pleased to answer. But you know what? Like, I, I was... 
it's probably the happiest I've ever been. You see at the end of a race because yeah. it's one thing <laughs> to win a race for your club, but you see when you win a race for your country, it's a completely different feeling. And the support you got, you see around the court, even from like the Irish team, they were up mm. watching it too. And, you were getting like I never got support like it probably in a course and, and you're on cloud nine you you didn't just win it I think you won it by was it thirty thirty seconds seven. I don't if you said that to me before because you know the funny thing was I told my team manager and I, I was getting in my good intentions I said to Norman Best I said I'm going to go away conservative the first lap and before uh, before he knew he said six hundred meters in you were way ahead of them and I didn't intend to do that but you know sometimes I've been an instinctive runner. And I thought, well, if it was because I opened up the gap quickly. I thought, you know, and I knew in training, because I was running, like, at that time, I think I was at my fittest. I was doing sessions with another fella that was in our 35 team. Up around, I was training here, and I was also training at Stormount sometime. And I knew in training that I was going really well. It was probably the best I had ever ran. And I knew I had nothing to lose. And I wanted to try and get away with a medal. But if you had said to me I would win it and win it, by 30 seconds I wouldn't have believed you yeah, so you know crazy. but the thing is the trick is trying to retain it next year because you don't have that element of surprise because a lot of them boys wanted a clue who I was or like, I think a lot of them maybe thought like I was just going to blow up yeah. they didn't realise and then um, but you know next year you like boys will know you're running decent so um, but that's what I say that I think it's been held in England. But you didn't let off at all. That no, was the thing no. about it, you know. So it's not as if they crept back at all. No, uh, the gap guys <laughs> to get bigger, but it felt. I don't know if I was getting any faster. I've, I've, you know, because the way the course is, it's every mile because mm. it's a two k lap. You know, all your miles are different because you're starting and finishing at different places. And some of the miles were hillier than others. But I just remember gladly see the finish line. Like it was just. Um, but I didn't even come home. You know, the thing about it. Um, I didn't know at the time, it was only at the dinner, because they do, like, on the night of the, afterwards you go to a dinner, the Welsh uh, Masters, and Paul and I had like, a dinner and a prize given, and somebody on our team had said that, you know, I was the first guy from Northern Ireland to ever be an overall winner of one of them races, because other ones had won their age category, but mm. I didn't know that, and it was only then, and you see when I got called up to get my prize, the Northern Irelands were nearly took the roof off, they, they are the loudest ones in the play, you know. I was kind of like, because I'm not really, I, I wouldn't be very, so, you know, I'm not a very social person. And I'm not really one for prize givings, funny enough. I like winning, I, I just sometimes <clears> wish they'd give you your prize at the finish line, but it was um, it was a great feeling, like they nearly took the roof off, and I remember the guy giving me the medal, said, go, oh, you're popular here tonight. And, and then, it must take a day or two for that to sink in. I did. But I say a thing, my coach, he was really proud, but you know, a thing he, I, I, I remember, he taught me this years ago, and, and I still agree with this. Is see when you win anything, enjoy it for a couple of days, and then move on, because you can get complacent. You can you can enjoy it too much, and then you can start to think, you know what, I can, I'm the bud, you know, the bees knees, and nobody'll beat me. And then you go into a race, and <laughs> you have to train just as hard to win your next race. That's the thing you don't realise, because I remember I enjoyed it. Like I was in cloud nine that Sunday and Monday. But you see the next big Tuesday, I was like doing. I was over in the forest doing like a twelve. I think it was like a 12k tempo run and it was forgot about you know so you need to move on you just yeah. need to be careful you know there's time enough to enjoy them things you see when you retire because you're you're a long time retired that's why having a good race schedule sort of helps that as well yeah. doesn't it like because then you can focus on to the next because you can get home that's the thing I've always learned you know you're only as good as your last race because you can I've had good races. Everybody always remembers your good races, but you know, and I'm lucky that maybe they don't remember the bad races. But I remember them. That's the thing. And, and I've had as many bad races as good well, races. What's your worst one? Probably that Lisburn. Yeah. <laughs> didn't even finish it. But I've had all other ones. Like I've had. Oh, there's probably too many to mention. But I've maybe had ones that like, like 
suppose everybody has different expectations. I've even been disappointed. Maybe races I've won where I've really ran, yeah, haven't ran yeah. a good time. I've been disappointed. You know, then I think about it. Why am I disappointed? Because you know, you've won it and nobody remembers your time. You know, if you win a race, you win a race. But you do. All, I'm all I always like to try and run a good time, and that's why I, I push myself even in races where I'm maybe leading by a good bit. I, you'll never really see me slack off. I know guys that just turn up and if they can jog around a course and fair play to them, they're probably more sensible than I am. But, but that's it, like anybody who's been really good at their sport, you know, when you look back, they've had it's not every single race or every single shot that they're good at. There's these no. peaks and troughs. Peaks and it's, and the, it's the peaks that it's are good. remembered. And time, when time comes, it's like. never a linear process. You know, that's the thing. You, if, if you looked at your running, um, you, you just have to, like I say, I'm, I'm hoping that I can still, like a couple of years. You know, like I say, Declan Reed, 45, and he's, he's dug at the times he's running. So I would like to think I could still keep a bit of, as long as I don't get injured. You, you, want you to, talked about Tommy Hughes there with uh, Jimmy 10K. Um, uh, was that last week? That was, was last. That was last Sunday. Yeah. And so you he, won it. Uh, 31 minutes uh, Paddy Hamilton was on your tail Aye, Paddy's, Paddy's a brilliant runner Paddy's brilliant and uh, like Paddy's uh, his PBs are a lot for now I don't know at the minute now. I haven't seen Paddy racing for a while so I don't want to sort of claim oh, I'll beat him because he maybe wasn't I don't know how yeah. fit he was but you know he's still in decent shape but he probably wasn't in the shape they would have been in maybe two or three years ago but and it comes back to that whole momentum thing that you're talking uh, about really doesn't it you know, like, Paddy's run at, he's run at a really good level like he's run I think he's run 29 on the track you know but 31-11 I was happy time you got. do you know what I was got it but I, <laughs> I, you know I was getting reamed online I was looking at the video and I didn't even realise I was looking at my watch as much because I put my watch on like laps I don't look at the overall time and the reason I do that is because I try and run as close to 5 minute mile pace and I, I kind of always check but I didn't realise I was checking as much until I saw that YouTube video and I was like there's somebody <laughs> on YouTube said oh, he must have he must have a nervous twitch so, but sometimes it becomes a distraction for you it just does. to take your mind off well that. you know what I'm seriously thinking see I'm doing Titanic next week I might even not wear the watch because mm. I think as a distraction I think sometimes it maybe does put limits on you know I, I use it more for training like I say, I don't use Strava. I wouldn't go on to Strava because I, f- I find, like, Strava, they say, is killed the easy run, you know, because everybody's trying to eat the yeah, each other. Yeah. I'm on Garmin Connect, and the only reason I'm on it is because it logs. That's what I use to log my training. I have a few ones on it, but I don't really use it that much, you know. I just I just use it as a training log. But. You see the Jimmy 10K, then we talked about Tommy Hughes. Aye, like, Tommy ran 34.45. Yep. He's in the Masters 55. Is he 59? I, I think he's 59. 59, he runs... He ran an Irish record for the 10k. Uh, Tommy, Tommy, he's. But you the know, day before, he ran 73 minutes in the half. I mean, that's phenomenal. That was at Washington Bay, wasn't it? Or that one? Um, yeah. He, uh, that was on the Saturday. I mean, that's. He ran that on the Saturday and on the Sunday. Like, oh, his, his cards marked. I've been talking to him about doing the podcast. I was going to say like, him. He would be good for a podcast. I was going to. I was going to get him over the next couple of weeks, but he's racing flat out. <laughs> ah, See, everybody used to say like Tommy years ago. He used that was his lot. His speed training was racing. You know, I know Owen, his son's a good, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree there because his son Owen's a good runner. And Tommy, they, yeah, they used to call him the Marrakesh Express because that's his nickname because he'd run, I think he ran 2.13 in a marathon. Yeah, that's And crazy. he's ran at the Olympics and, and uh, he's, you know, again, he's my type of runner. He's humble and... and does, that, does that give you sort of inspiration oh, thinking uh, to yourself like, wow, I could be doing this in another 20 years' time uh, and still be running good form? I, well, you know, that's what I say. Like, if I could run anywhere near... Because he opens people's minds, doesn't he, when you see people like that? Well, you see, this is what another fellow was saying to me there not that long ago. Do you see it in the minute in Northern Ireland? 
not only in the men's but in the ladies a terrible lot of the top runners are masters mm. you know even the ladies there's Bridge Connolly and, and uh, some others there Kerry O'Flaherty there's all they're all over 35 and the same as you know like they say Declan Reid me um, it's almost a, a Paddy Hamilton a mental shift in that like if you look at like Gary Hamilton and Gary Hamilton oh I mean he's fake and he's like if you thought like, he's a real inspiration like, I think he he had like, it was a, I think he was a good 218 junior. last year and a 217 this year well to win that Irish you know to win your national championship I mean that that's like, you know, that's a big achievement um, for Gary like. yeah but I don't know whether it's just people's longevity and people healthier oh, for longer and the, well, those times are moving I, I think you see the thing now being a master doesn't necessarily mean you get slower I, I think you know years ago they say that maybe that's why so many ones reti- a lot of them really good runners years ago retired early mm. when they were in their 30s and I'm talking about see likes maybe both maybe likes of Dermot Donnelly and all them, they maybe stopped running when they were in their 30s because they had really done, they were maybe getting injuries and they they had run at a really high level when they were at their peak and I suppose they've done it all mm. so there's maybe not that same desire to train hard and run slower it's a different scene as well isn't it different like, scene different. it's a lot more races about now a lot more things to go after well I was working out I think it's, uh, there's two other guys that are actually in the same although they're not racing now you don't really see them as much but Eddie McGinley and Joe McAllister in my age category as well so if they were all running like that 35 category would be really competitive mm. you know So, but it doesn't mean like uh, that's what I say I still believe I could get faster. I don't know like how much I'll maybe improve this year, but if, if I can keep training the way I'm training, um, if I can keep that momentum, I you know I don't you know what I say. Oh, I could run this or I could run that. We're going by a ceiling. You have to run under thirty now. <laughs> you, you've it, gone a minute quicker it. every year. <laughs> they lend me a bite. I what you know that is now. Fairness, that is one of my goals. I don't think I could do it. I don't know if I'd maybe do it this year, but that would be one of my goals mm. to try and run under thirty minutes for ten. Because that is a really good benchmark for. Especially somebody from Northern Ireland, because the only ones at the minute would be like, so maybe like Stephen Scott and Kevin Seaver, mm. Paul Pollock, and they're like a higher level than I would be. You know, they're they're running at a different level. So, for somebody at local level to run that time would be really yeah. good. So, and then maybe somebody else do it before. You know, there's plenty of good runners around there. Like I say, Ben Brana. Um, there's a lot of good runners about. You talk there about the Northern Ireland um, seniors as well, champion. Yes, that's yeah. a twelve k race. That's a twelve k race. Yep. And how did that feel then? Because that was well, that's I, another big one, isn't it? I find <clears> you see the senior. I always found that you need to have good aerobic fitness for that because twelve k is the thing I like about our cross country season. Northern Ireland's probably I think it and maybe England are the only two nations that still have a twelve k as their national because a lot of other these countries now have moved it down to ten k. They've moved the women up. They've kind of kept it equal distance. I actually like the five hours as twelve k because our cross country season is longer than than they see in Ireland. Their season's really over when you get to Christmas because they peak for their their national championships are at the end of November because they select the teams for the Euro Cross and after the Euro Cross their season's pretty much over. Whereas ours lasts from October right through to like pretty much the end of February so I like that you know because it breaks well you know I'm, I'm biased because I love cross country but it breaks the season up because if you had to do road all the year round you get yeah. bored but, and uh, like that 12k sea round Lurgan Park like that's that's a long that's a long and that, you know I've done that senior other years where the first I think the first couple of years I did it it was under 7 miles it wasn't the full 12k but you see the past two years it's been it's been 7.5 miles so, so wishing it was a bit shorter up, they've tightened it up a bit that you are running the full distance 
distance. But this year it definitely was. You know, in the last year I remember it was seven and a half. So, um, but you had a huge gap in it as well, didn't you? It's over thirty seconds, was it? It, 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 it was, but in saying that, it doesn't feel. <clears> you, you see, over <throat> that distance, you could. You see, if you, I used just to find I'd tie up a bit in the fourth lap, and then you'd have somebody like Dayton Reed or somebody passing you, and that was it, bye bye. But I knew that the way I'd trained for it this year, I really focused on it. You know, I done my sessions were the like geared towards the senior. Once I got to Christmas time, that's why I upped my mileage. And um, even with that, <coughs> like I ran, I, I was able to kind of run it. I went eat. People said I went eat fast. I actually didn't. I went eat at a pace that I was training at. I've I've seen other years where I have really blew up front eat hard and, and just blew up. But I went eat at a pace that I knew I could kind of sustain. And I always think you see if you if you have that aerobic fitness, you tend yeah. to do better in the senior. Because the fellow that was third there, Mark Long, he wouldn't really do a lot of cross country, but he's a good marathon runner, and he is a really good mm. run. Like he was third overall, and he's trained. I think he's the same coach as Paul Pollock. So, um, and he ran recently there. He was like thirty forty for ten k at Telf or Trafford ten k. So. Um, so I always think if you if you're good over the longer distance, you'll do well at the senior. So yeah, help build that. But twelve k's along, that's, that's definitely a long way. So, so how do you fit? How, where does the RMR five k come into that then? Because it is relentless. Uh, so it's right in the middle. Of, it's just at the end of the cross country uh, season. Well, have you have done much road for that. I, I mean, this is the thing. Usually, I wouldn't do Arma, and the only reason this year I did it. I had I ran Greencastle. That was a road. I don't do the hardly any road. Yeah. And it was only because I had a good run at the Sealy. Because that's the f- other years I'd done the Sealy. I hadn't done any road training, and this year I hadn't done any road training. I think I maybe did one road session, maybe at the maybe at the start of November, and that was about it. And because you know the only thing that helped me see this winter it has been really yeah, mild, mild, and everywhere you see when you were doing sessions on the grass, it was almost like running on the road because you were able to get keep a bit of speed in, keep a bit of intensity in. All our winters I've trained like real mud holes and you, you can build strength but you can't build yeah. speed. You go into road races and you're a bit flat but this year I had a bit of speed and I did green cast. I ran actually two PBs, two five mile PBs in a week at Christmas time because I did, I did green castle I think around 24.40 at it and then a week later I did that loch there's one in loch, loch McCrory it's called the loch 5 and funny the last mile and it's all trail it's, it's a road race but the last mile is all around a wee loch and I don't even know that was it. in fact it's the last 1800 metres is all trail and around 24.38 at it so I knew I was in good shape and, yeah. and he wanted me to do a few road races because I'd planned to do Armagh because I'd never ran it before and Armagh's relentless it's probably <laughs> the hardest like, like how many races could you run like I ran 14.39 I think it was and I wasn't even, I was barely mid pack. You, know? right, you were 65th, but there was 113 people broke yep. fast, 15. Fast, so fast even if you race. think you were 65th, mm. and there was 113 broke 15 minutes, there's only yeah. 21 seconds in between 65th and 113. Ah, you see that? Uh, you know, if you move up, there's a lot of guys there, um, like one of the, the, the fella that would be the top 35, he's the top 35 vet in, in the UK, is a guy called Graham Rush. He runs, I think he's in Yorkshire direction, but he ran 13-something, so he's... And funny, I finished not that far behind him there at the inter-counties, because I don't know if he's maybe just as good at cross-country, but on the roads, like he's 30, I don't know, he must be just slightly over 35, but he ran 13, or in fact, it was 13.50, I think he ran, but I mean, to break... Mm. To break fourteen minutes, even on that, that is a fast course. But that's summary. There should probably be more races like that in Northern Ireland. Yeah. To be honest, uh, do you find that that's a totally different sort of dynamic? Oh yeah, different energy. Like, do you it's, even get to breathe? 
No. <laughs> ah, you see that? That is just relentless from start to finish. I was blowing bubbles. You see there at 3k, I was like, frick, I want to go home here. And they, the other boys in the Northern Ireland team, or the, I wasn't in the Northern Ireland team, but I was running, you know, I was kind of pacing off the guys that were there. There was Neil Johnson and Connor Duffy, and they, they had good runs there, a good bit ahead of me. And uh, I tried to just hang on. That's basically what I done. I was just trying to latch on to some. Uh, you know, that whole race was such a blur. I couldn't even tell you who I finished in front of or who finished ahead of me. I just don't a clue. I was just. I want to get this over with. So I just remember I, ma I managed. There's only a few races I managed to muster up a wee bit of a sprint at the finish because I usually don't have much. But I think I was able to get away because um, if you look, there's a whole load of finished in around that yeah. same time. Fourteen thirty-eight, fourteen forty. And uh, but it's a bit of some atmosphere that race, you know. It's just everybody comes out to watch it, and it's well organised. Because I didn't even know at the time you get a free entry, because I thought you had to pay for an entry. And I contacted them, and, and everybody that does it, I don't know how they make money from it, but you get uh, and that and that particular race, that five k, I don't think you pay any entry. So um, I'll be on for that. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you have to take a lot of pain for it, though. That's the only oh, thing. God. Well, you know it is worth it. But again, I don't. I think that race I might run a wee bit better at it. You see if it was held maybe like May June time mm. when you're when I would be doing more road stuff but um even so they got it's pro it's a faster course than Queens. Queens is too many it's a good race too, but there's not as you know, you don't get that international feel at Queens, although you still get a really good local feel. But I think there's too many turns in that Queens course. Mm. There's wee sharp turns and I don't know why. The Queens times just always seem to be like one's just to think the Queens course will be a bit long, I don't know, but um it's always it's, not, it's on the Thursday night, isn't it? Is it was it Thursday night? A Thursday night, yeah. Do you go to work? Well, that yeah, well that takes you at the minute. The way I I used to work full time, my mum um, has health problems and that, and I hadn't been working full time yeah. for a while. So my training and my work has to fit around that. Mm. She's been in and out of hospital. My mum's eighty two. You see, she. Yeah. Um, but that day, that Thursday, I was actually off. Funny enough, and I remember I got up early. I got I went up to Arma early, and. I think it was like five o'clock. I was up. I thought I'll never get part because I never done it before. I got part. No ball. I was up in Perth and Sainsbury. I was actually there. I'd, I'd time to kill, and I ended up going out for a jogger in the course. So I was ended up getting up there pretty early. But you know, if you were coming straight from yeah, work, it's a sharp turn over. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I remember. You see, there's another race that's like, used to be like a nightmare to get up to. Is that is that Lisburn? 10k and half yeah. marathon because I remember times I was struggling to get from work to traffic's get. like miles I and there was one year the year I did the t I think I did the 10k on it one year there was a bad there was like an accident and the traffic was like backed up and I actually thought I wasn't even going to get there so and I know ones that got delayed you see people running out of the cars and somebody yeah. else is driving <laughs> I know it's just a nightmare, like, but, um, but Arma, like, I would, I would definitely, I, I kind of kicked myself that I'd never done it before, you know, but, um, maybe other years I don't know how I would run, but I knew I was in decent shape after. I think it was only because I did them road races at Christmas time that I knew I was like when I was running PBs and them, I kind of knew, like, I must be in reasonable shape. So you're the Northern Ireland squad then. Yes. You're in really good shape. And you've been called up for that. That adds a different dynamic again, or is it? Does is it, that for what race is that? Um, for the Ulster Senior. Oh yes, they oh they, uh, you, they uh, what you call the inter counties cross country. Yes, the inter county. Uh, you know that's the first time I did it, and that's a really competitive. Now this year that was actually the race they used for the UK trials for the Great Britain team for the World Cross, and like 
it didn't go as, you know, I went out fast, it didn't go out as fast as probably the art that you see that Irish scene you ride down in the Abbott's mm. town, like that one out, it's, I couldn't believe the pace that one out, but it was still really competitive, and again, yeah, like it was my, like Northern Ireland did well this year, because we had a good squad, you know, and a really, really strong squad going uh, into it. Like. it was strong from, you know, top to bottom. It was a really good team. You know, everybody had good runs and um, we finished fifth overall. And, like, and the inter-counties, when you take the amount of counties there is in, like we finished ahead of Yorkshire and all, and like, they're all fell runners and all. So mm-hmm. um, I think the other years, like Northern Ireland have won that one once upon a time. They won that, I think it was from Dermot Donnelly and Mark Kirk and them boys were running. Uh, they won that in 1995. You know, and that's some achievement. And uh, to finish fifth, uh, I thought was you know it was made the trip worthwhile. And it, it gave you that kind of hunger to maybe go back some other year and try and win it. You know, mm-hmm. but it'll be. But it must be great to be called up in the squad. Well, with those guys. I've like... always prayed you're on for Northern Ireland. That's one thing. Yeah. I was always happy. If you'd have said to me when I started running, I would even be in a vest. You know, back then a vest probably wouldn't fit him. <laughs> never mind anything else. But, but you know, it's, it's one of the things I'm always proud of. You know, you, I've, I've never, I very rarely would never turn down a, a vest. You know, um, I'm just proud to run for Northern Ireland. What you've talked about loads of different types of races and dynamics there. Which one do you like the best? Uh, do you mean a specific race or the type of running? Type type of race. Cross country. <laughs> What's what distance then? Uh, 8k. And even on the road, 5 mile would be my best distance on the road. And, and funny, my coach was the same. It was his best distance on the road. And I think it's because I always find 10k's... I find I always 10k's a, a mile and a quarter too long and I always find 5k's a wee bit too short. But 5 miles I can hit from start to finish. Like, I can. I think because my first ever road race was a five mile race, yeah. that Ecos race. And you can so remember back to that as well. I can, remember, like... I can kind of remember back to that. So five miles is probably just it's a sweet spot for. I just find that's my best distance, and at cross country it's my best distance because most of me, most of them league races that I won last year were the eight eight k. Mm. So it's just a it's a good distance. So you've had lo- numerous podiums. Like, is there one race? That you would like to do or win that you haven't won yet? Uh, there are probably a few. Well, the Sealy would be one I would like because that's the big 10k. Yeah. Probably Queens would be another one. And I don't want to make a. Uh, to make me some targets, I'm not saying I'm going <laughs> yeah. to win it, but I probably won't. But I would like to think I could try and get on the podium this year because I've never podiumed at Queens, but I'm in better shape this year. So, But it'll be hard enough because there are a lot of good runners doing it. Mm. And funny enough, I actually. Just when I mentioned this last night, I had forgot to enter for it, and the entries are the entries are actually closed. I didn't even see a note because usually other years there was notices to say when the entries were closed. But I'm hoping I can get an entry. But it might be academic. I might not even get an entry. But it's, it's, you know, I'm terrible for that. You see, forgetting to you know leaving it to the last minute. But um, but Queens and probably like Sealy and I'm trying to think. I know I've always proud to win my local races. I've won any race that's in Ballymena, Ballyclare, or Larne. I'm always they're the one thing. I've won all of them before. I've won the Ballymena Five. I've won the race over the Glens. I've won Larne Half, Larne Ten K, the Ballyclare Ten K. So I've won them, and I know them's not like outside of those towns that like people maybe wouldn't be as you know prioritise them races. But I always think you like to do well in your local mm. races because. That's the races sometimes you feel the most nervous in. You see that that Ballymena five. There was a couple of years there. You, I think because people think local runners maybe think you're they see you winning races and then they think you're almost like move far to them. You know, although you're far from it. Like, but to a local 
to ones at folly then you know and then if you have a bad race then they think oh god he's not as good as I thought he was <laughs> he's rubbish <laughs> where, where would you like to see Mark McKinstry in 10 years time uh, hopefully not on a wheelchair or something you know with two bad legs but I you know I don't know I never really thought I would like to think you know I don't really I don't like saying I'll do this or I'll do that I just want to keep improving you know, um, I've never tried, you know, I'll probably move up, like, in the next couple of years, I, I don't think I would ever, like, the Olympics is kind of, you know, way above my level, I wouldn't be at that, but if I could even maybe possibly try and make a Commonwealth Games, mm. you know, but I would need to try and see how I would go on, that would all hinge on how I would do it at a marathon, because that's realistically the only thing you would get selected for, but, um, it's in my sights, but I don't know, like, yeah. I can't say, or. I could do a marathon fine at that level I'm terrible at it you just don't know but I've, I know I've put the miles in to think in that scenario yeah. in years to come but, but your running's progressed so much um, do you yeah. always think to yourself now I wonder what I could do in a marathon right now I sometimes do and you know here's the thing I actually had an entry for London Marathon see two years ago it was after I did the odds I got a championship entry and then I ended up I never done it because I wasn't just get. I was training. I wasn't getting this maybe as many sessions in that I thought I wanted to try and for my first marathon. I had sort of like the two thirty mark in my head because that's a good, pretty mm. good standard for a club runner. And I was running okay and training. I was I was doing some of like I think I was doing some twenty mile runs and like five forty pace. But I always think if you're training for a marathon, you need to be able to give yourself that wee because you never know if you hit the wall or on. I always think you need to be maybe training slightly above what the pace you're going to actually race at. And I just thought, you know what, I didn't know if I was going to do it. You know, I thought I'd put all this training in and then maybe end up. Then I thought, you know, you maybe better just leave it a couple of years because mm. I've seen other ones move to the marathon maybe too soon. And, uh, it's a big sacrifice. And, and I don't even like half marathons. So <laughs> I'm talking on this big, this big total I'm doing marathon. I might not even do one. So. But I don't know, I just I feel, I think my best distances are shorter. But then you could do a marathon and find you're good at it, or you could find you're crap at it. So it's not until I do a competitive one, because those ones I did in the past, you know, I was running them just to get around them. I wasn't. There's a question mark there to be answered, though. There's a question to be answered, so I might not like the answers or <laughs> anything. So I know I'll not rule it out. I'll probably find, you know, maybe I'll talk with my coach and see, you know, because at the minute I think up at Athletics NA they are. Um, they are trying to develop runners up there at the minute and not like, not specifically me or anything but they are trying to give people opportunities mm. you know and that's a good that's what this inter area is thing you know next week at Titanic they're picking they're going to have a series of races between uh, I think Northern Ireland and, and some of the other athletics federations in the UK and, and I think that's to you know give you that a level of competition and, and maybe see ones that have potential for moving up a bit you know moving up distances so um, but it remains to be seen if I'm, if I'm any use at it. So. Mark, that's excellent. Thanks very much. Oh, no. Appreciate that. Hopefully, I don't bore your listeners. <laughs> so. No, no, cheers. Thanks for doing that. What a great episode with Mark. A real down to earth guy with a considerable talent for hard work. I really love to hear stories like his. It reminds me of a book by Chrissy Wellington. A Life Without Limits, where she sort of fell into the world of Ironman and became world champion. It sort of makes me always question, you know, what if Chrissy never tried that first duathlon? What if Jimi Hendrix never picked up the guitar? Or what if John Lennon didn't start up a rock band? Is it fate, intuition? I'm not really sure. 
but we all have something inside us a real true potential and the only way you're going to find that is to step outside your comfort zone and explore new things hope you like the podcast we have a couple of real interesting ones coming up over the next couple of weeks so i hope you'll stay tuned in until next week stay safe and keep on moving